Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, So good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. I am so glad to have you here once again with us. This is Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. One of the biggest challenges small solo entrepreneurs and micro-entrepreneurs face early on in their entrepreneurial journey is funding. Although there are a number of avenues for obtaining funds, the one top of mind includes SBA or the Small Business Administration. There is a lot of confusion around the SBA loan process. And today we'll be clearing up some of that confusion with our special guest, Mr. Russell Dennis with Aspen Commercial Lending. Welcome, Russell. Dana, thanks for having me. So good to be here. So good to see you again. Yeah, I miss uh, seeing you. So, so Russell and I go way back. One thing that I've come to admire about Russell is his dedication to detail and clarity in everything he puts his mind to. So the information he will be providing here can be trusted as truth. So Russell, let's talk SBA. When working with my clients, I find that a lot of them are mistakenly believing that the SBA provides loans to small businesses who need help. When in fact, the SBA does not provide loans, but rather guarantees the loans through traditional banks and other lending institutions, correct? That is correct. The Small Business Administration was started very shortly after World War II, uh, and the United States experienced a tremendous economic boom. Uh, and we saw a lot of entrepreneurs. We saw a lot of people that were able to go out and start businesses as a result of that. The SBA is that arm of the federal government that is here to support small businesses. And it is here, uh, it has been very critical as far as the pandemic is concerned to make sure that the government, the federal government primes the pump in some ways to keep uh, business going. Those programs though have been here and they've been designed uh, primarily for business owners to get access to capital when the banks had said no, even though they're federally guaranteed to increase the comfort level of the banks or other lenders, other companies that loan money uh, and guarantee that through uh, federal funds. If the borrower doesn't pay, the federal government will step in and cover the lion's share of that. So that covers the lenders, protects the lenders and provides access to capital to some small business yeah. owners that may not otherwise be able to get it. So let's talk a little bit about what you just said. You know, um, when banks refuse to loan 
okay, then SBA will sometimes come in and guarantee the loan so the banks feel more comfortable, right? Is what you're saying here. Yes, so, is, yeah. so my question comes to, they still have to meet certain requirements that the bank put in place and that SBA and the banks have agreed upon in order to receive these loans. So when we talk about SBA loans, first of all, tell me what type of loans, SBA loans are available? At one point, they had four types of loans. They backed out of one because the congressional authorization uh, ran out on them. They, there was a program for a number of years called an SBA Express loan, which had amounts up to $350,000. The, the congressional authorization ran out on those, so those are no longer available. Okay. The primary programs they have available now are what we call 504 and 7A loans and 504 loans are very asset and real estate intensive for larger loans. 7A loans is their signature program. There's lots of flexibility the business owner has in using that 7A and that's the primary product for small businesses. Okay. Do they still have the micro loans? They do have micro loans. Uh, we work with a lot of bank and non-bank lenders, but we don't actually have one that is doing micro loans. And so we're in the process of looking into that and finding uh, people that do it. We work with, we have, uh, there's a large number of SBA banks and none of them do micro loans. So that's part of our challenge is being a trusted SBA source right. is to go out and actually find somebody uh, these are paperwork and administratively intensive. So that's why most lenders just stay away from them. Okay. Okay. So what are the eligibility requirements to apply for these loans? Well, you have to be a, uh, operate the business for profit. It must be a profit-making entity uh, for legal purposes, of course. So I, uh, Cannabis, for example, is legal in some states, but not all. It's still a Schedule One drug on the federal schedule, so cannabis projects wouldn't be eligible. Uh, operated in the United States or one of its territories, uh, the average income needs to be below uh, $5 million after ta federal taxes are paid average over the last two years for the 504 program. Uh, okay. So those are the key measures. 650 FICO score, credit score, uh, because one of the things that's important with SBA loans is that they want to see a personal guarantee from, from all the 20 Right. Owners. And that's important to point out, too, because a lot of uh, my clients uh, are incorporated and they think that the, the incorporation basically uh, sets it up as a separate entity so it doesn't have to rely on their personal you know, credit, especially in the beginning. And, and I'm consistently having to tell them that no matter what, you know, uh, it's just like, you know, if you were to go out and get a car as a young adult, you'd still need a co-signer if you have no credit behind you, you know, as far as that's concerned. So um, can a foreign entity apply? Uh, if the business is run in the United States, if it's a United States organized business, you know, 
some of the owners can be overseas, but it has to be operated in the United States or one of its territories. So they could come in under, say, a V1 or something like that and be operating here and they could apply? There should be some U.S. ownership on there, majority U.S. ownership. On okay. There. Okay. So okay. we don't typically see a lot of uh, foreign nationals uh, uh, applying for these loans. Yeah. But just, just to be clear, U.S. territories, I mean, we work in 50 states, but uh, if the enterprise is in a U.S. territory, it's eligible uh, for funding provided uh, the sponsors and the business meets all the other criteria. Okay, okay. So tell our listeners some, uh, about some of the benefits and drawbacks associated with government guaranteed loans. Well, you know, one of the biggest benefits is that uh, uh, they, they, uh, you don't necessarily have to show up with as much capital. In conventional loans, with our conventional loans, people need to bring 25 to 35% of the capital in some instances to the table uh, with real estate acquisition, you know. So you don't have to have quite as much capital. That's probably one of the biggest benefits. A second benefit is that SBA will look uh, more closely at startups. Uh, startup businesses have been, particularly since COVID, very hard mm-hmm. to get funded. The SBA will look at, at those businesses in many instances. Uh, working capital flexibility is another benefit because most, you know, a lot of small businesses need working capital. And we've got some working capital products out there, but working capital can be tied into the loan as a part of the business expansion or growth uh, that you want to do. You can buy equipment loan uh, with these uh, SBA loans. So the, the, the diversity, the, the number of uses that they have. Uh, when we're talking, when you're talking working capital, what are you talking about? Revenue or? Well, we're, we're talking about funds that the the business owner would utilize to uh, to operate. You know, it could be for for utilities, uh, overhead, salaries, all of these types of things are working capital. It's the it's the uh, the general items that are necessary to keep uh, your business up and running, more or less. So, in so, other words, in order to qualify, you have to be making money or have money in there. Already, yeah, revenue is very important, and they they don't have to bring as much to the table. But they, you know, um, those loans are very much like others. They look at at three things. There are three things really that lenders will look at. They'll look at the credit for the sponsors or the person applying for the loan. Uh, They look at the collateral or assets that are used to to guarantee, and they look at revenues. Mm -hmm. And uh, the revenue piece is very important because they will look at three years of tax returns. Right. So you want to have some history, and and, uh, COVID's an anomaly, but they still look at that Mm -hmm. because we want to be sure that the, the, the revenue that the business generates will support the loan and they look at the cash flow. So yeah, I've had deals with good sponsors that had excellent credit, 
uh, they were going to acquire a business that the owner kind of lost interest in and let go. So <laughs> when wow. we looked in there, they looked at the borrower's material, but they also look at the, uh, the revenues for the business and ask the question, will this support uh, the debt service for the amount that's being asked for? And they will look at your expertise, your experience in the industry to determine if you, you could be successful in that same type of business. But the history of the business, especially if you're acquiring one, can be a drain. I mean, these folks had 800 credits FICO scores and, and we had to walk away from the deal. Uh, it was in an area that they could probably profit in, but they didn't have a lot of experience at operating that type right. of business. And the historicals for the business just weren't there. Right. So, you know, we have other products that uh, aren't as cheap, but can help uh, help business owners access cash and uh, build that history and build that revenue uh, to a place where we get them into SBA funding because it's more favorable in terms of interest rates. And right. uh, you don't have as many fees that are allowed. Mm -hmm. So okay. uh, it's a better product, especially for the smaller business owner. Okay. Okay. Can you briefly explain the process of applying for one of these loans? What we do, yeah, those are pretty, pretty much the same as any conventional loan. And when people contact us, we, uh, we have uh, an intake workbook. It's an Excel workbook that we ask people to fill out that gives us basic generic information on the borrower, uh, the business itself, just it includes an executive summary. And we build a sort of a deal scenario or deal summary. And that's that's something that uh, that I'd like to walk people through on a, on a future program, just to show you how it's put together and how, how you can structure your information in a way that uh, can facilitate getting a quick yes or no uh, mm -hmm. from a lender as to whether they have some interest in looking at that deal. Uh, mm -hmm. And there, the, the, there are typical uh, items that they ask for. One is what we call a personal financial statement. So they look, or net worth statement is another name. Right. For that statement, right. Where they look at the sponsor's assets. Everyone who owns 20% more share of the company has to provide one of those. So that goes into the workbook with the basic information, information on the business, how it's organized, uh, where it's located. And uh, there's a funding tab that uh, talks about, okay, how much money do you need? What sort of interest rate are you looking for? What are the terms? Uh, what's your planned exit strategy? And all throughout this workbook, we talk about the types of supporting documentation that are necessary. Uh, and most commonly, you'll have three years of tax returns for the business, mm -hmm. uh, three years of tax returns for all of the 20% owners, uh, profit and loss statements for the current year, uh, balance sheet and profit and loss statements for the current year just to measure where the business is along with the personal data that we collect on the intake sheet. Uh, and so if you're purchasing property or equipment, you, you want price quotes on that because you want to know how, right. how you're going to deploy these funds. So having the sources and uses of funds is important. Yeah. 
And then a lot of other things are deal specific, but there are a number of forms. The biggest difference between SBA and uh, loans and a conventional loan, there's some additional forms. Uh, they have a, a standard form they use for personal financial statement. We can usually work around that because all the information goes into the workbook we give people. They right. do have specific SBA forms for that, though, and some lenders will want that information on their mm -hmm. specific form. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a background information form, uh, SBA 912 and an SBA 1919. And these are specific forms that the banks have to submit along with the other information uh, to do that loan. But generally speaking, the yeah. documentation beyond those uh, is the same. And they have specific rules around industries. So your, your NAICS code, your, your industry code, uh, in mm -hmm. some instances, can have an impact on eligibility. Oh, wow. Okay. So how long does um, uh, the, the process take for being approved on average? You know, a, a typical 7A loan can take any way from anywhere from 45 to 60 days to close in an ideal situation. We, we've, we found that our non-bank lenders are much better at sticking to that sort of time frame. Mm. But what's really important is for the borrower to have all of this key information right. organized, you know, and in place, because aside from those specific SBA forms, any lender is going to ask for a lot of the same information. So it's having that information organized at your fingertips, having that at work with your clients so that you have all of that in front of you and mm -hmm. in building the loan scenario with the terms, which is something we'll walk through on the webinar. Right. Uh, you've got a story to tell there. And so they take a quick look at those tax returns. The important pieces to get up front as quickly as possible is the information form with the executive summary that we help people put together uh, and to find out what they want, what the loan amount is, what they're going to do with the funds uh, so that they've got those numbers right in front of them. Because right. we want to get to a quick, it's just like we had a client that we just picked up maybe two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So he's working on purchasing a piece of real estate. So he right. went to a large bank. I won't say which one. He went to a large bank and after 68 days, they said no. So he had to get an extension on this property. It took them 68 days to say no. Say so no. what we right. try to do is gather enough information so that the, the lender can take a look at the deal, see if the numbers make sense, and say, tell me more. Yeah, you know, We want to have an answer inside of two to three days. Okay, is this something you want to pursue or not? Right. Uh, gathering this information. So we try to gather that in a way and take some of that stress off of the borrower Mm -hmm. So that we don't have this situation where they spend many hours gathering all of the different information only to find out that the bank says no after a period of time. And we have right. a lot of SBA lender relationships and we've learned, you know, we've released a few because it just didn't work. Uh, and that's a that's a whole nother story about it. Right. Suffice it to say that there are a lot of qualified SBA lenders. All SBA lenders are not created equal. 
So right. what, what we do is we work, uh, people work with us to, to just kind of navigate that process exactly. and get them to the right lender and get those okay. decisions as quickly as possible. And if it turns out they're not eligible to create, to, to connect them with some other solutions, because time is money for small business. Yeah. Owners. Oh, no, you know, definitely. So what's the average payback term for an SBA loan on average? Well, you know, it depends on the type of loan. Uh, the working capital loans are generally in either five years or seven years. Uh, when you're purchasing or acquiring real estate, that can be as much as 25 years. Mm-hmm. And then when people, you know, I've got a, I've got a, a home builder, a residential home builder, for example. So these folks are doing a number of things. So there's some real estate involved. There's equipment purchases, which are seven years. There's uh, uh, working capital built in with the, with the ground up construction for their office. So, you know, there's different time periods. You, you fall into either five, seven 10 or 25 year categories based on the purpose of the loan. So because they're used, they have a variety of purposes melded into one loan, what we created, we're working on a 7A loan with a 15 and a half year amortization period for everything rolled up into it. So that right now, that particular loan is in underwriting. So uh, you know, you have anywhere from five years to as much as 25 years. It's all dependent on the purpose of the loan and, and what it's being used for. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're coming up on the end of another episode. And Russell, do you have any last minute tips to impart to our listeners? Well, the one thing that I would say about SBA funding is that um, because it seems to be extraordinarily difficult, a lot of people will not uh, entertain it or they don't think about it or they don't believe that they're eligible for it. And it is very flexible. And there are a lot of non-traditional businesses like liquor stores and car washes that, that can actually take advantage. You may not think you're eligible. Right. So, I mean, the, 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 uh, the thing I would point out is to, uh, please don't close your mind to them yet. You know, call us, have a conversation with us. And uh, before you decide that, well, this isn't for us forever, particularly if you've had some negative experiences with trying to acquire an SBA loan in the past. Uh, we had a, a medical facility that we worked on. Uh, he, he spent three years trying to get an SBA loan. Uh, he came to us after a while, uh, and we we waded through a number of them. It didn't work very well, but we've got some new partnerships. And he's, he's in underwriting right now. He's just waiting for his close date, which will happen probably in, in the next month. And we've been three years at it. So it's about getting the right SBA lenders. We've right. had some painful trial and error, so you don't have to to find the best SBA lenders to get your deal done. So, Well, what I've found and what I've heard lately, not necessarily found, what I've heard from a lot of people lately is when dealing with the banks, like you said, you know, they're just, that they take so long to even give an answer, you know, and I don't know if that's because they're understaffed now because of COVID or what's going on, but uh, people are just getting really, um, uh, 
upset at the amount of time that it takes, you know, even just to purchase a house is what's going on. So, you know, um, so Russell's going to be joining us uh, to provide a more in-depth webinar called Show Me the SBA Money. So we invite you to visit marketatomy.academy forward slash special events to register for this free webinar. I want to thank you all for joining us today and please make sure to leave a review on whatever podcast delivery platform you are on today or go to the Charged Up Studio Facebook page and leave a review. Russell, can you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you should they want to talk more with you? Yes, Dana. Uh, I'm uh, available if you want to uh, reach me by email. The best way to reach me is to just reserve a time on my calendar so that you have my full attention. Uh, HTTPS calendly.com slash Russ Dennis. Uh, join me there. Uh, block out of time, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, you know, to talk with me about your project. And, you know, We'll, we'll, we'll find out if SBA is right for you or maybe even have another solution. But uh, we're there to help you. That's the best way to reach me. Uh, area code 720-532-6644. Uh, that is a mobile number. Send me a text. Uh, I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook uh, as our man Russ Den, R-R-M-A-N-R-U-S-S-D-E-N. LinkedIn. Facebook. Uh, so those are ways to reach me. And of course, Aspen Commercial Lending uh, is here in Parker, Colorado. So just go to aspencommerciallending.com uh, and you'll come up to our landing pages and there'll be more information there. So uh, I look forward to hearing uh, from each and every one of you. Please go to my calendar so we can eliminate the telephone tag and just right. have a conversation. And I will be putting all of Russell's um, uh, information into our write-up for this uh, uh, podcast. So you can get it from there as well. Once again, thank you for joining us this week. I look forward to talking more with you next week for another exciting show. Bye-bye. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.